0: All right, everybody. It is Thursday, December 22nd. It is officially winter. We are three days until Christmas. And you're listening to the Mo News Podcast. I'm Moshe Wanunu.
1: And I'm Jill Wagner. This is the place where we bring you just the facts.
0: And we read all the news and read between the lines so you don't have to. Uh, Jill, we're officially in winter. As of yesterday, it was officially winter solstice. But I do have some good news because we always like to be optimists here, yesterday was the day with the least daylight of the year, the darkest day of the year. So it only gets lighter starting today and sunsets get later starting today, folks. So that's one
1: bright
0: note (laughs) to begin this podcast on.
1: So somehow I convinced my husband, who's very affected by the seasons, to go to Iceland with me a few years ago during this time of year. The sun rose, I think, at around 11 a.m., And set at around 3 p.m. So you had almost like four hours of sunlight, Uh and it was very strange and cool. Um, but hard to motivate. It's amazing places like Iceland and others that are closer to the poles can get stuff done in the winter, but then I guess the reverse is true in the summer, which I also am not sure that I'd want, which would be sunlight for, you know, 20 hours of the day.
0: Yeah, it's so funny you say that, Jill, because I was in Finland um, on a project, on a fellowship like years ago, and I was there in August. So I was up in a city called Rovaniemi, which they claim is the home of Santa Claus in Finland. Um And it's so far north that when I was there in August, I think sunset happened around midnight and sunrise happened around 2 a.m., something like that. So you only had about an hour and a half of darkness when I was there. But, yeah, it's a a bizarre situation to be in.
1: I hope they had good blackout shades in wherever you were staying. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, now to the headlines. Again, a lot of news for this week before Christmas. Mr. Zelensky goes to Washington. The Ukrainian president left Ukraine for the first time since the Russia invasion to meet with Joe Biden and deliver an address to Congress. Meanwhile, the House voted to release former President Trump's tax returns from 2015 to 2020. What we know about how much he paid. SBF heads stateside getting extradited to the U.S. for crimes related to the collapse of his crypto exchange FTX. For everyone going away this holiday and staying at a hotel, you might notice there's less hotel staff to help. We'll tell you what that's about. The cure for bad breath uh, might be in your kitchen already, according to scientists. And uh, of course, Mosh will deliver some 90s nostalgia in our On This Day. I think you're going to deliver a 90s. I, I just assume there's going to be some 90s nostalgia. Uh, <laughs> Is there uh, not? <laughs> it's it's
0: borderline. It's borderline, Jill. It's early 2000s nostalgia.
1: Okay. The okay. the aughts? Okay, we've the got odds, some The early aughts. We've got yes. some aughts nostalgia. Okay, let's start with that historic visit to the White House Wednesday Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky made his first trip outside his war-torn country since Russia invaded 300 days ago. First, he met with President Biden at the White House, wearing his signature cargo pants and kind of like a khaki sweatshirt. Zelensky gave a heartfelt thank you to President Biden, Congress and U.S. citizens. Zelensky spoke English during their meeting in the Oval. Take a listen. First of all, I really, all my appreciations from my heart, from the heart of Ukrainians, all Ukrainians, from our nation, strong nations, all the appreciation to you, first so all, Mr. President, for your big support and leadership. And Zelensky has a new reason to be thankful. Just before his arrival, the U.S. announced its largest single delivery of arms to Ukraine, including those highly complex Patriot surface to air missiles. For his part, President Biden said that, it, quote, it was an honor to be by your side in the United Defense against what is a brutal, brutal war that is being waged by Putin. He continued that the Ukrainian people continue to inspire the world. Zelensky also gave Biden a war medal from a Ukrainian soldier who he said had told him that he wanted Biden to have it. President Biden seemed genuinely moved. He invoked his son, Bo, who fought in the war in Iraq. Uh, Moshe, first, though, let's talk about how this meeting even happened.
0: Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, 300 days into the war, the first time Zelensky is leaving the country. This is what we know so far based on various media reports and leaks. Uh, Biden-Zelensky first discussed the idea of a visit during a phone call on December 11th, so just over 10 days ago, a formal invitation from the White House then followed a few days later. Zelensky accepted the invitation on Friday Friday. All of it was confirmed on Sunday, and then the coordination began, including uh, the planning for this big address to a joint session of Congress. The White House consulted with Zelensky on security matters, including the risk of Russian action while he was out of the country. They've declined, though, to detail, of course, the measures taken to safeguard the Ukrainian leader, how he got out of the country, how he'll get back in. Of course, you know, they've talked for months now about how he's under an assassination threat by the Russian leadership. Over at that press conference on Wednesday, uh, Jill Biden said that Putin and the Russians are trying to use winter as a weapon. Uh, what he means there is they're literally bombing all the power stations to try to freeze the Ukrainian people uh and he said later that Putin has no intention of stopping this cruel war really reinforcing that as we approach a year of this war the US will continue to stand by the Ukrainians of course after that Zelensky headed to Capitol Hill where his visit was compared to that of former British Prime Minister Winston Churchill who came to the US uh in the start of World War II Zelensky giving an address to Congress let's listen to a bit of that
1: thank you for both financial packages you have already provided us with and the ones you may be willing to decide on. Your money is not charity. It's an investment in the global security and democracy that we handle in the most
0: responsible way. The visit to Congress, Jill, is very important because that is where the latest aid package to Ukraine uh, is being voted on and approved. It's a $45 billion aid package. It's supported by both most Democrats and Republican leaders, uh, though there are now an increasing number of Republicans that are saying, when is enough enough here for the Ukrainians and starting to say that they they are done giving no strings attached aid To Ukraine. Keep in mind that in 2022, this latest aid package now brings U.S. aid to more than $100 billion in military and humanitarian aid, supporting them, trying to ensure that Putin can't roll through Ukraine. And then the fear, of course, is that he would roll through the rest of Europe. Ukraine still is pushing for more weapons, including offensive weapons that will help them strike Russia inside Russia. U.S. concerned, of course, that could escalate things. Uh, Ukraine argues, though, that the best way to end this war is to create pain inside Russia. U.S. has been reluctant. uh, But over time, you mentioned that Patriot missile battery. uh, More and more, the U.S. is, is increasing the types of weaponry we're giving to the Ukrainians.
1: And I know we've mentioned it before, but uh, that missile package, the the Patriot missiles, Russia has warned the U.S. not to uh, not to give that an aid to Ukraine, saying that there will be consequences, obviously not providing any specifics there. And as you said, this is coming at a crucial time. Zelensky noted that he probably couldn't have made this trip anytime sooner because Ukraine was not in in a position of power and did not have the upper hand. And he he kind of alluded to the fact that they are doing so much better militarily that he was able to make the trip to the United States. Um, But as you said, a lot of Republicans getting a little bit weary about continuing to give so much money to Ukraine. And we even saw some progressive Democrats uh, expressing similar sentiments.
0: Yeah, their feeling is, well, if you're giving this much to Ukraine, can we get more for the border? If you're giving this much to Ukraine, can we get can we get more for social justice? So uh, keep in mind, by the way, this forty five billion dollar aid package uh, is just part of a one point seven trillion dollar plan, which we'll discuss um, in this podcast. Jill, uh, the vast majority of that funds go- going here at home, but uh, you know, and something I should note by the way, here is we're not the only country aiding Ukraine here. The Europeans are, and the Europeans really are feeling even more concessions. They're the ones having this huge natural gas shortage uh, and are uh, potentially risking being cold in their homes in Europe this winter due to the uh, sanctions the European countries have imposed on Russia. So the, the whole world trying to do its part, the U.S. trying to do its part by cutting checks, uh, Biden and Democrats saying, you know, this is anything short of putting U.S. troops on the ground. They want to do this because they want to make clear that dictators cannot just take countries at their whim. And they're also trying to send a message to China here, Jill, that if they block Putin in Ukraine, that will reinforce to China that they can't just invade Taiwan in the coming years, which is the fear.
1: Sticking with politics, House Democrats voted this week to release former President Trump's tax returns after a six-year fight to get a hold of them. Those returns show that former President Trump repeatedly paid little or nothing in federal income taxes between 2015 and 2020, even though he had reported millions of dollars in earnings According to Politico, he was able to whittle away his tax bill by claiming steep business losses that offset income. Most the committee says it's going to take a few days to remove some sensitive information before the full release of Trump's returns and his affiliated businesses, but they've already released a related 29-page report, so break down some of the numbers for us.
0: Yeah, so it, it really changes by year here. Uh in twenty sixteen, he paid seven hundred and fifty dollars in taxes. The following year in twenty seventeen, he again paid seven hundred and fifty dollars in taxes. Where do, in do 2020- I sign up
1: to pay seven hundred and fifty dollars in taxes? <laughs>
0: you you can hire some of his accountants uh and, and find your deductions there. But that's what is being scrutinized. In 2020, by the way, he paid nothing. He reported losses of sixteen million dollars. But then in 2018 and 2019, in those in-between years, he paid a combined $1.1 million in federal income taxes. So it really changes by year, depending on what losses uh, he was claiming. The committee also revealed, and this is significant, that the IRS did not audit Trump's returns during his first two years in office, despite a rule mandating such reviews, and never completed any audits while he served. Trump frequently claimed he was actually under continuous audits by the IRS to justify his refusal to disclose his taxes, Uh, a reminder that he snapped basically a 40-year tradition of presidents and White House contenders volunteering their tax returns. Uh, Trump was the first one in 40 years not to volunteer his returns.
1: Okay, so let's take a step back first, uh, except for Gerald Ford, who released a tax summary Every president from Nixon to Obama has released his full tax returns to the public until, of course, Donald Trump. As you mentioned, Trump had said the reason that he couldn't release them was because of audits. The New York Times did a lengthy investigation to get a hold of some of his taxes. And at the same time, the House Ways and Means Committee argued that it needed Trump's taxes in order to evaluate how the IRS audits the tax returns of sitting presidents each year. There was a nearly four-year court battle went all the way up to the Supreme Court. And finally, the IRS handed them over to Congress, which decided to release them publicly.
0: Yeah, so the Supreme Court said that officially, uh, they're reading the Constitution, and by the way, this is a conservative majority Supreme Court with three justices appointed by Donald Trump, said, no, Congress has the power to uh, get anyone's taxes. Now the question is, Was it the right thing for them to release them publicly? And that was the big debate on Capitol Hill this week. Republicans saying, listen, Democrats, you've got the taxes, you can go through them, you can do your job. Democrats saying, no, we actually need to release them to the public. We believe this is an issue of transparency. All other presidents have made their taxes public, and Americans need to be able to see whether their president has business or personal reasons for the policies they make. One spokesman, Stephen Chung, saying, quote, "...if this injustice can happen to President Trump, it can happen to all Americans without cause." So now they're out. You're going to see more details trickle out over the coming days. They're going to try to redact personal information. Uh, Ultimately, one of the reasons Democrats want this out there, too, is there is the chance President Trump could become president again. Right. He's running again. So they believe this is of public interest. You then have the issue we've discussed, which is the IRS Uh, not auditing president's tax returns. Uh, They're supposed to. Apparently, they did not do so until Democrats pressed them in 2019. And then the IRS assigned only one agent to do the audit most of the time and did not examine some of the deductions claimed by Trump. So the Democrats here are really trying to scrutinize things. They're trying to put pressure on the IRS. They're trying to, you know, obviously, uh, the added benefit to Democrats here is they feel this embarrasses the president who at times paid $0 or $750. But I'll remind everyone, uh, if you don't remember, at the debates in 2016, in 2020, when he, when he was asked about not paying taxes, Trump spoke of it proudly, saying, I'm smart, that's why I don't pay taxes. And that was that was the argument he was making.
1: Mosh, I'm curious, uh, your readers on Instagram, do they care, do they not care? What are their thoughts on the taxes?
0: You know, I, I think for the most part, what's been interesting is the majority of notes I've gotten is like, why make them public? And these are people who uh, might not even be Trump fans. And they're like, well, what's the purpose of making them public at this point? I think there's just an exhaustion with the Trump story. Um, and so uh, the main question they were asking, and I made a point of answering it last night, is like, what's the purpose of this? And and it's, you know, what we just talked about, which is Democrats feel this is just a, an issue of transparency, But for the most part, I haven't seen any outrage, et cetera, because at the end of the day, none of this is surprising. And and as we noted, the president, former president gloated about the fact that he's like, I'm really smart, that's how I got out of paying taxes. You should be like me.
1: Okay, time now for the speed read. Another political story. This one from The New York Times. Lawmakers advance sprawling spending bill and race to avoid shutdown funding the government through September. It significantly increases federal spending and provides billions of dollars in emergency aid to Ukraine. The roughly one point seven trillion dollar legislation would increase federal spending from the last fiscal year, providing eight hundred and fifty eight billion in military spending and more than $772 billion for domestic programs. That is according to a summary released by Senate Dems.
0: Yeah, no, we've gone years now without budgets. And so Congress is continually doing this where they're you know, uh, putting together these huge packages at the end of the year to fund the government for just a few more months. Uh, this $1.7 trillion, Jill, less than Democrats wanted much more than a number of conservative Republicans say they can stomach. But in their effort to secure at least 10 Republican votes, which they need in the Senate to avoid a filibuster, Democrats were forced to abandon a number of their priorities, uh, more spending on a variety of things, including reviving and expansion of payments to families with children, emergency COVID aid, a bid to lift the cap on the nation's borrowing limit, what's called the debt ceiling. You hear about these fights all the time. The Democrats want to avoid a fight next year since Republicans are taking over the House. Uh, the Republicans in the Senate are like, no, 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 let's have that fight. Let's talk about spending next year. So expect that to happen. That's not in this bill. But given that this package is the final must-pass piece of legislation for this Congress to keep the government functioning, Lawmakers stuffed it with dozens of funding priorities and unrelated measures. This is sort of what Congress has become experts at, Jill. And it's funny this time of year because they call this a Christmas tree bill where each uh, senator or Congressperson is hanging it, their own ornament on the bill, so <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so, so you look at this; it's a Christmas tree bill, and people are like, "Wait, it funds the government, but what else does it do?" Well, let me tell you. So yes, this bill funds the government, but it does a variety of other things, including uh, they included in this bill a ban on TikTok on government devices. So this is sort of the first. TikTok ban. And that means any government, federal government employee can no longer install TikTok on their federal iPhone or Android device.
1: An important clarification before all of the people who are listening who are addicted to TikTok are like, what? Ban, (laughs) TikTok's been banned. No.
0: Exactly. If you if you see the headline TikTok ban, no, it applies to you only if you're in the federal government and using your your government device on your personal device. It doesn't even apply to your personal device. So that's first. Also in this bill, in addition to funding the government and everything else, there was an overhaul of the electoral vote counting law from the 1800s. This is the law that was we've talked about in previous pods about that was very poorly written. It's the one that former President Trump tried to use to overturn the 2020 election. He tried to convince Mike Pence, hey, Pence, if you read this law a certain way, you could totally just put my people in and make me president. Pence was like, no way. But over the course of last year, Congress is like, you know what? We probably need to fix this. This includes Republicans and Democrats. And so the law will now be firm and very specific that a vice president cannot overturn the law. So those are just a couple of the things in this legislation.
1: One of the items not in this budget that's making a lot of news, at least here in New York, $3 billion that was needed to plug a looming deficit in the health program that treats sick 9-11 responders and survivors. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is blaming Republicans for uh, cutting it from the bill. Mitch McConnell, though, says Schumer waited way too long to include it. Republicans, again, just not happy with the overall size of this package. Uh, A lot of backlash. Kevin McCarthy is looking to become the next speaker when Republicans take control of the House in January said when he is Speaker, their bills will be dead on arrival in the House if this nearly $2 trillion monstrosity is allowed to move forward over our objections and the will of the American people.
0: Yeah, it's always funny how politics goes here, Jill, because when the Republicans uh, were controlling the House and Senate and President Trump was in the White House, uh, they had no complaints about the amount of money that was being spent, including the ten, the, the trillions and trillions uh, spent in the aftermath of COVID. Uh, but when it's the other party, suddenly uh, fiscal discipline, discipline becomes important. Jill, I should note, by the way. On that 9-11 bill that's been a huge issue for john stewart the uh, comedian and activist he's gone down to washington Uh, chuck schumer and kirsten gillibrand the senators from new york say they will act on it in the next congress of course they will need the uh, buy-in from the republicans in the house led by ostensibly kevin mccarthy
1: Okay, but moving on from CNBC, Sam Bankman-Fried, the disgraced cryptocurrency executive, officially headed to the U.S. to face fraud charges in federal court. That came after he told a judge in the Bahamas Wednesday that he agreed to be extradited. He's been held in jail for 10 days following his arrest earlier this month. After he arrives in New York, he'll be arraigned in federal district court in Manhattan to face charges of wire fraud, securities fraud, money laundering, and a campaign finance violation The exact timing of the proceeding remains unclear. The charges stem from the collapse of Bankman-Fried's crypto exchange, FTX, which was based in the Bahamas until its bankruptcy last month.
0: Yeah, so Bankman-Fried's been spending time in this like really terrible prison in the Bahamas. Remember, he was living in the Bahamas for years. That's where he was arrested. There's an extradition agreement between the Bahamas and the U.S. Bankman-Fried earlier this week in court was like very confused, led to a bunch of weird hearings, eventually goes to court yesterday, says, "Okay, cool, I'm ready to go to America. I imagine because the jail really sucks. Why? Would, what
1: is so bad about it?
0: The The State Department's put out a report talking about how terrible the conditions are in this prison in the Bahamas. Um, I'm happy to link to it in the show notes, but apparently it is like, it is no bueno.
1: Hmm, okay.
0: When he finally uh, faces the charges here, and uh, according to investigators, they're still looking for more things on him. Uh, He is charged with defrauding customers, investors, lenders, diverting billions of dollars in customer funds to his uh, personal firm called Alameda Research, which was closely tied to FTX. Though this is notable, and I saw this in the CNBC's reporting, Jill, Bankman-Fried's legal team in the U.S. is already negotiating a possible bail package with prosecutors here under the terms that have been discussed Bakeman fried could be released on bail with highly restrictive conditions like home detention, electronic monitoring. Uh, Any bail arrangement would have to be approved by a federal judge. But expect that, uh, to learn about that in the coming weeks. But it's interesting that his lawyers are already getting ahead of that. But, of course, he's got to fly to the U.S., have his hearings, uh, see what the charges are, and see what sort of bail they could offer him so he doesn't have to sit in jail. Either way, once a trial happens, based on the charges he's facing, Jill, he's looking potentially life in prison if he's found guilty.
1: I wonder how he's even going to make bail.
0: Right, because you that's really interesting because ultimately there's so many customers who've lost so much uh, with the FTX bankruptcy. How would they legitimately, you know, allow him to pay for bail? Uh, I mean, maybe the government turns that over to the customers. It, 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 it's ultimately going to be a really interesting debate and uh, the optics will be fascinating to watch here.
1: From NPR, hotels say goodbye to daily room cleanings and hello to robots as workers stay scarce. Travelers have returned from the pandemic, but hotel workers have not, creating unprecedented staffing challenges for the hospitality industry. According to the Labor Department, there are 350,000 fewer people working in hotels today than there were in February 2020 before the pandemic. And it's not for a lack of trying. Hotels have raised hourly wages by 25 percent since early 2020, and employers are offering greater flexibility in scheduling. Still, workers are nowhere to be found. The hot labor market of the past two years has given workers a lot of confidence, as evidenced by the record numbers who have quit their jobs and easily found new ones. The trend has hit hotels especially hard So it's not that these people have disappeared or that they're at home not working. A lot of them have just moved on to other jobs that are better for them.
0: Jill, there are demographic trends at work here, too. Legal immigration has been depressed for about six years now. This is, you know, beginning of the Trump years. You can see the trend line in terms of the number of legal immigrants we're allowing into the country. And of course, the legal immigrants are the ones that the hotels can employ officially. Uh, You know, regardless of the illegal immigrants coming across the border, they can't be officially employed by hotels. So you have legal immigration depressed, then you have a, a aging US population right all the boomers, then you have a US population that's becoming more educated, and then you have the trend lines you talked about about people quitting their jobs, the hot labor market, etc. And so that has led to the situation for a lot of the service industry including hotels. So now uh, NPR says many hotels have dropped daily cleaning, you actually need to request it, call the front desk. If you want your room to be cleaned, Uh, some are considering various uh, types of automation. NPR spoke to one Maryland hotel owner who's looking at a robot vacuum. I think that's a Roomba. So I guess look for Roombas (laughs) in a hotel sometime soon to uh, ease the burden on the housekeeping staff.
1: The iRobot, right? I, I think that that's.
0: I think that's one of them. My my uh, my wife's gr- uh, grandmother wanted to get us one for our wedding, actually. Uh, but we're in a, like a New York City apartment. But I I know there's some people who just like swear by the Roomba or swear by the iRobot. Um, we we have not um, gotten into that yet.
1: Look, you and Alex are such travelers. I'm curious. I- I'm guessing that you're not like squeamish about hotels, but there are people um, even before a story like this came out that bring wipes and wipe everything down bring their own maybe sheets uh, even you know, pillowcases.
0: Do you wear flip flops in the um, in the hotel bathrooms, Jill?
1: I don't. I'm not really like a, a germaphobe. Every once in a while, you see those like undercover stories where they use the black yeah. light or whatever, and you're just it's nauseating. But I I tend to not really be like that at all. <laughs> like, I don't well, know.
0: There's probably there's probably more reason to consider that at this point um, as as these um, like I noticed this actually recently I was staying at a hotel in Chicago um, in late October. And I got back to my room like end of the day and noticed like the bed hadn't been made and the room hadn't been cleaned. I was like, oh, I guess like this is one of the hotels and it's not, and it wasn't just like, um, you know, this is a pretty large hotel uh, that charges, uh, you know, not insignificant prices in downtown Chicago, not doing daily cleaning. And they're like, oh yeah, you need to request that your room be cleaned. Um, in this NPR story, uh, they talk about too that many hotels are not considering high-tech kiosks where a virtual person will appear on screen from some third location. They will collect your payment, check you in, make your key, even make a room change. So it'll be interesting to see how the service industry, including hotels, have to uh, adapt with some technology here as uh, people, you know, as they have these difficulties trying to get people to work.
1: From the AP, YouTube TV has emerged as the favorite to land the NFL's Sunday ticket package of -of out-of-market games. But the sides have not finalized the deal, two people with knowledge of the negotiations tell the AP. This package lets fans watch any Sunday afternoon game. Sunday tickets been on DirecTV since 1994. The satellite providers paid $1.5 billion per year on an eight-year contract that expires at the end of this season. So viewers pay about 300 bucks a season for Sunday ticket, which averages 2 million subscribers.
0: Jill, YouTube's reportedly going to pay two and a half billion a year for the package. So that's almost a billion more than DirecTV has been paying. It would be the second time in less than two years. The NFL is now partnering with a streaming service to air games. The league... Uh, The league signed an 11-year contract with Amazon Prime Video for Amazon to show Thursday night games starting this season. So besides Amazon, Apple and ESPN were believed to also be contenders here, but it looks like it's going to Google's YouTube. Jill, really, this is another nail in the coffin for network television. Having worked at CBS for 10 years, NFL games, the, the AFC rights that CBS has, were such a core part of the network's offering. Obviously, they still have it. Fox still has their NFC offering. But the fact that the nfl is showing a willingness here to play in the streaming world uh and start to move some of their stuff over there is a major deal uh and sports is one of the last things that people tune into live which is one of the reasons the networks for so long have spent so much money trying to ensure sports stays with them so this is uh they made the move to amazon it looks like they're making the move to youtube with this other package It's really just a a sign of the times here.
1: From the Daily Mail, science thinks it has found a cure for bad breath. And it's apparently in your kitchen. An analysis of existing studies found probiotic bacteria in fermented foods like yogurt, sourdough bread, and miso soup can clear the plaque responsible for bad breath from teeth and the tongue. Volatile sulfur compounds are the main cause of persistent bad breath and occur when bacteria living on the tongue's surface Break down proteins too quickly and create a surplus of the smelly chemical. So researchers from a university in China looked at whether probiotics could expel proteins responsible for that foul odor like they do bad bacteria. They looked at four different probiotics that were given in supplement form, and the results showed bad breath scores fell significantly in those given probiotics compared to those who were given a placebo By the way, researchers, uh, because I was wondering this, they didn't go and like sniff someone's breath to determine whether or not their breath had improved. (laughs) Good question, good Um, question. It was actually determined by levels of the proteins that are responsible for, for the breath, the volatile sulfur compounds that were detected in the mouth and on the tongue.
0: So Jill, this is a big story. There's very few stories we tell you about on this podcast that literally impact half of all people. But according to the American Dental Association, half of Americans suffer from halitosis in some shape or form. Yeah. So we're talking to at least half of you today. One out of two of you listening to this podcast. But no one
1: knows it's them. No, right,
0: no, no. <laughs> unless like you unless and I you are both someone, thinking,
1: not us. I mean, I, who knows? It's not us. <laughs> and,
0: and and as we record this podcast, we should tell people we're, we're doing this remotely, Jill. So we we can't really who would smell. know? <laughs> we don't know. We're doing this virtually, like many of you do on Zoom these days. So some more details on the study: the number of participants in each study was small, ranging from twenty-three to sixty-eight. The ages ranged, by the way, from nineteen to seventy. But there was just a few dozen people in these studies. The monitoring periods spanned between two and 12 weeks. The results were relatively short-lived, up to four weeks. That means that a person must keep up with the supplements to maintain odorless breath. So a lot of sourdough bread, a lot of yogurt, folks, on a day-to-day basis if you don't want to stink. Obviously, adding uh, these items to your diet on a day-to-day basis does not absolve you from brushing your teeth or <laughs> going to the dentist, which I imagine will help you, will help you with your breath as well, folks.
1: You're going to have somebody who's like, "Look, MoNu's podcast said I don't need to brush my teeth. I just have to put a right. little sauerkraut on my hot dog and it was going to do the trick." <laughs> Sauerkraut's another one of those things that that has a lot of those probiotics.
0: Exactly. A yogurt a day keeps the dentist away, right? Is that the is that the new catchphrase? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs>
1: There is something, though, about these fermented foods and um, the probiotics, because I will tell you, um, my daughter has a ton of food allergies and she's doing a treatment for it where part of the treatment is to take a really, really strong probiotic and, and kind of like improve her, her gut health. Um, yeah. So uh, clearly there's just so many benefits to probiotics.
0: The number of things impacted by what you eat on a day-to-day basis is is really astronomical, Jill. So uh, it's, it's not surprising that these are the results. And let's see if we hear more. But we will keep one out of two of you updated on your bad breath and ways to solve it. <laughs> it's a very important thing. All right, Jill, before we go here, I want to end on an uplifting story. As I was uh, searching for stories for the podcast today, found this one from NPR, the headline, Homeward Bound. Dog found 1600 miles away will be home for Christmas. This is the story of Zeppelin, a three year old German Shepherd mix that was reunited with his family Wednesday just in time for the holidays. The friendly pooch went missing from his home in West Sacramento, California, more than a year ago. That's according to his owner, Sandra O'Neill. Exactly how Zeppelin, who by the way was named after Led Zeppelin, duh. <laughs> <laughs> how he ended up 1600 miles away in kansas remains a mystery but the owner sandra O'Neill, says she has a theory in the months before the disappearance of the dog he would roam over to a construction site about a mile away the crew apparently took a family to him would feed him treats give him lots of attention she thinks someone at that site took the dog and then he went missing and she was searching for him but she held out hope this whole year because she knew she had microchipped him and she hoped that at some point a vet might check that out and that she would get a phone call.
1: And most that good news came earlier this month. A woman in Louisburg, Kansas, had found the dog on her property one night and took him to the vet to get him checked out. And O'Neill got a call from the microchip company. Another woman heard about the story and volunteered to drive the dog from Kansas to California. See, there are still good people in this world, Mosh. This
0: is like a this is like a Hallmark movie, right? The dog goes missing. The woman in Sacramento holds out hope. Then a woman in Kansas finds the dog one night, takes him to the vet, checks him out. Then another woman in Kansas, a third woman hears the story and says, Hey, I'll I will drive your dog from Kansas to California in time for Christmas. Folks, there are still good people in the world, despite what we might tell you on a day-to-day basis in the news. All right, Jill, as promised, before we go, uh, our On This Day, I I had to throw this one in there just because we spoke about it earlier this week. On this day, December 22nd, 2001, 21 years ago, the militant Richard Reed attempted to ignite his shoes, his high-top basketball shoes, and blow up an airplane. Uh, and 200 passengers that were flying with him. He was restrained by other passengers who like looked over and was like, why is this guy trying to light his shoe on fire? He was later sentenced to life in prison without parole and the rest of us sentenced to taking our shoes off every time we go to the airport 21 years ago today.
1: Thank you for nothing, Richard Reed.
0: (laughs) Richard Reed. But thank you to the passengers who prevented him from lighting his shoe on fire. Okay, now to the more fun on this days. I have some pop culture stuff for you. From the early aughts, On this day, 22 years ago, Miss Congeniality, starring Sandra Bullock, premiered in theaters. Incidentally, Jill, on that day, December 22nd, 2000, another film came out. It would introduce us to Wilson the Volleyball. That is Castaway, starring Tom Hanks, also out 22 years ago today.
1: Wilson! (laughs) You knew that was coming, no? Oh, a thousand percent. (laughs) At this point, I'm too predictable. A thousand percent.
0: We got to either go with a, a music line or a movie quote. And with that in mind, I have two uh, musical pieces of history for you today. On this day, 38 years ago, Madonna's "Like a Virgin" reached number one on the Billboard Top 100 charts.
1: I made it through the wilderness. Somehow, (laughs) I made it through. Okay, so I was—I saw that you put this in, and I'm like, I can't. I can't bust out with a huge like a virgin I'm just not comfortable mm. but I I no, felt you gotta like begin the first the beginning. Two, yes I felt like I didn't was, know yes. how I lost I was <laughs> until I
0: found you I was beat incomplete <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, I that's the heck. first time that I've actually. I feel like I, I don't know who was is the worst singer. Blue. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who's worse, <laughs> me or you. Actually,
0: um, we're gonna let, we're gonna put it up for a vote. We're gonna put it up for a vote. <laughs> yes. um, and finally, Jill, I'll uh, give you this last piece of musical history. Very niche. On this day, 21 years ago, Nickelback reached number one with their hit "How You Remind Me."
1: Hmm. I have have no idea. I don't know the song. Nothing is ringing a bell here.
0: Let me try you. Let me try you. This is how you remind me of what I really am. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is how (laughs) you
1: remind me.
0: (laughs) So it's so funny because Nickelback has gotten such a terrible reputation um, over the years. People have even joked that uh, they should play Nickelback while torturing Al Qaeda prisoners in prison, uh, that that would get them to talk if they just put Nickelback on repeat.
1: Is that the worst? Um, that's like the worst insult. I feel like you could tell a musician like your music is what we use to torture prisoners.
0: Well, you know, one of the things that the U S did use that came out in the CIA reports was the Barney theme song. I love you. You love me. We're a happy family. (laughs) We apparently were playing that in like black sites uh, to uh, terrorist suspects, <laughs>
1: you know what? Though <laughs> to I guess get them to talk. I guess anything that you listen to over and over and over and over again probably yeah. is is torturous.
0: Totally, except this podcast, of course, because we change it up on a day to day basis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you for allowing us to end this on a little bit more of an uplifting note. Um, all right, thanks everyone for listening to the Mo News podcast. Follow us, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Review us in the app store so that we can continue to grow.
0: We appreciate all your reviews. It, it actually genuinely helps. So if you're on Apple or Spotify, especially if you can leave us those five star reviews, let's go with five. Um, that would be greatly appreciated. Don't forget, of course, to also follow us over on Instagram, the Mo News account over there uh, at Mosh at M-O-S-H-E-H. And we will see everyone back here tomorrow for the exciting conclusion of the 2022 season of the Mo News podcast.
1: All right. Bye, everyone.